So this week, I went to see the play Love, Loss, and What I Wore by Nora and Delia Ephron. In the play, there's a character, Nora, and she laments the fact that our purses always become filled with stuff. They always become this chaotic catch-all. And that's why she doesn't like to carry a purse. So Nora says, I hate my purse. Anything is better than carrying a purse. Because here's what happens when you buy a purse. You start pledging yourself to neatness. You start small. You start vowing yourself to neatness. You start vowing that this time it will be different. You start with a wallet and a few cosmetics, but within seconds your purse has accumulated the debris of a lifetime. The cosmetics have somehow fallen out of the shiny cosmetic bag. The coins have tumbled from the wallet. The credit cards are somewhere, but where? Where are they? There's a half-drunk bottle of water, along with several snacks you saved from an airplane trip, just in case you ever found yourself starving and unaccountably craving a piece of cheese that tastes like plastic. Perhaps you can fit your sneakers into your purse. Yes, by golly, you can. Before you know it, everything you own is in your purse. You could flee the Cossacks with your purse. But when you open it up, you can't find a thing. For most of us in this room, there is a good chance that we either are nor ourselves, or we know someone who is, someone who carries a whole convenience store in their purse. Is there any shame in that? Well, whether it's a purse that's weighted down with so much stuff that it stretches to our knees, or whether it's a Samsonite three-foot suitcase on wheels, or whether it's a bank account with six figures of cash in it. What's wrong with wanting to have access to everything we might need? Well, for some people, it's not material things that bring security in the first place. It's knowledge. And so no wonder there are a ton of self-help books everywhere these days. I googled and found Amazon's top ten list for self-help books. And it has the likes of these on it. Awaken the giant within. How to take immediate control of your mental, emotional, physical, and financial destiny. The one-minute manager. Eat that frog. 21 great ways to stop procrastinating and get more done in less time. There's the classic Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And then on the top ten list is this book called... 50 self-help classics, 50 inspirational books to transform your life from timeless sages to contemporary gurus. And I think it's cheating if you put a top 50 book on your top 10 list. That's what I want to say. That's definitely cheating. But the point is that we like to be ready for whatever comes our way. And that's why, at least for some of us, we might have some serious anxiety if we were among Jesus' followers who were told to go out and spread the news that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that it's come near. After all, not only can they not take a purse or a bag or shoes, they don't even have time for a seminar proclaiming the kingdom of heaven 101. And they also can't stop anybody along the way and ask questions. Greet no one, Jesus says, right? So why the rush? Why the urgency? 
because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And scripture tells us that the kingdom of heaven confronts us with two choices. One, we can choose to not welcome the kingdom of heaven. We can ignore it. We can put it off. We can outright reject it. All of these three are really the same because they all stem from an unwillingness to be fully present to the Holy Spirit in the here and now. So we can not welcome the kingdom of heaven. And our second option, we're told, is that we can welcome the kingdom of heaven. We can give ourselves over to God's dream for the world. And we can act in ways that bring healing and peace and newness of life. When we do this, Jesus says it's like Satan falling from heaven in a flash of lightning. Or it's like evil powers such as snakes and scorpions being trampled. The kingdom of heaven comes near to us a hundred times a day in a myriad of ways. And if you're like me, sometimes you welcome it and sometimes you don't. I think we often fail to welcome the kingdom of heaven not through any bad intentions on our own part, but simply because we feel like we're not prepared. We think now isn't the time to answer the tug on our heart or to let the breeze at our back push us forward. Maybe we haven't yet reached financial or material security, or we're not as young as we once were, or our children are still too young, or we don't have enough knowledge or experience. And all this raises the question, what is it that we really need to do the work that God has given us to do? What is it that we really need before we think we have the ability to make a difference, to change things for the better, to love the way that Jesus loves? We may think that we need a lot of things before we can bring heaven to earth, but today's gospel reading from Luke tells us that we really only need two things. We need each other and we need Jesus. These two things are enough to bring Jesus' followers back, rejoicing at all the healing they've accomplished. And it just took Jesus and each other. Nothing else they took with them. This, I think, is an important thing to remember on July 4th weekend. We often think of our freedom in individualistic terms. We think we're free because I'm free because I get to choose where I live. I get to choose what I want to do and not to do. I get to choose what religion I follow. I get to choose whether I carry a gun or not. I get to choose whatever I want to say, and I'm able to say it. But real freedom, the freedom to love, the freedom to live with respect for one another, the freedom to create a community marked by compassion and kindness, a place where everyone has enough to eat and everyone gets the medicine they need, this kind of communal, this kind of freedom is always a communal act. This kind of freedom is always a communal act, never an individual one. We can't truly be free all by ourselves. We need each other. So, well, we know that we have Jesus, right? And we know that we have one another. So what's keeping us from welcoming the kingdom of heaven? What are we waiting for?